well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you're with us on the program today. Coming up in just a matter of moments, Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith is going to join us. 29-year law enforcement veteran, firearms trainer, spokesperson for the National Police Association. Uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden's really bad advice for officers to uh, aim for the leg. Yeah, in fact, he wants, it's not just advice. I mean, that, that, that's a policy goal uh, for Joe Biden if he's elected. He says one of the police reforms that he wants to put in place is training police not to aim for center mass if they have to use their firearm in self-defense, but instead to aim for the leg. Now, before we get to that, I do want to, uh, I've got a couple of program notes here. First, uh, thank you to Bob in Georgia, who sent along this uh, spiffy hat from the Gwinnett Practical Shooting League. Uh, Bob says he was a little disappointed I didn't wear it on the program last week. Sorry about that, Bob. I ran out of the house on Friday and uh, grabbed the wrong hat. It happens sometimes. But thank you very much, sir. Also appreciate uh, the book that Bob sent me, uh, Bastiat's The Law which I, I, I've, I've glanced through over the years, but I've never actually sat down and read it. So looking forward to uh, uh, reading that at some point, Bob, during the week when I've got a little bit of free time. But appreciate the uh, fine hat and appreciate all the uh, work that the Gwinnett Practical Shooting League folks are doing to help keep the Second Amendment strong. Uh, I also, uh, uh, well, you know what? I was, I was going to get into a whole big anecdote about butchering hogs this weekend, but uh, I'll leave it. Suffice it to say, we got it done. Talked about it on Friday. Hogs were a little bit bigger. Hogs were a lot bigger, actually, than I had anticipated them being. I thought they were around 200, maybe 250 pounds. No. Looking more like four, 450. But we got it done. We have lots of uh, pork belly in the freezer right now. We've got some uh, hams we're getting ready to brine and some beautiful looking pork chops. So, yeah, we accomplished. Mission accomplished. I'm really glad uh, that we were able to get that done with the help of uh, our uh, wonderful friend Val, who uh, came to the farm and helped Miss E and myself. Butcher two hogs over the uh, course of eh, about uh, a day and a half. All right, on to our uh, big topic of the day, which is not making bacon, as fun as that might be. Maybe one day we'll do a whole show about making bacon, but it won't be today because today we're going to talk about Joe Biden's bad and dumb and dangerous ideas when it comes to police reform and police training uh, and why so many law enforcement organizations around the country aren't supporting Biden this year. You know, in uh, past election cycles, it has not been unusual to see police unions uh, endorse Democratic presidential candidates. It's not happening this year. As a matter of fact, I'm not aware of any law enforcement organization that is actually backing uh, Joe Biden in his bid to become president. We sat down and we talked about it with Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith earlier today. Take a look and a listen. Hey, Sergeant, thanks so much for coming to the program today. It's great talking with you. Thanks for having me, Cam. I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I wish that it were a, a better topic, but Joe Biden's goofiness is uh, is always worth talking about, particularly when it comes to, you know, his claim that police officers, as part of his police reform, uh, Joe Biden has brought up on several occasions, including last week at this town hall in ABC, that uh, he wants to see officers trained not to shoot for center mass when they have to use their firearms in self-defense, but to aim for the leg. Um, now, <laughs> obviously, uh, our audience is, is pretty savvy. I, I think that they know why this is such a bad idea. But for those who are watching, who may not understand what exactly it is that Biden's proposing, um, why would this be 
a, a dangerously dumb policy to put in place. Well, Cam, shooting people in the leg, first of all, can be instantly fatal uh, when you hit the femoral artery. And if we, you know, we don't, police officers don't shoot to kill. We shoot to stop the threat. To stop the threat, we aim center mass because we want that person that is shooting at us or an innocent third party to stop their activity. And I think, I don't know that people understand that police officers have been killed by mortally wounded people. People who are dying can still kill you. So we want to stop that threat uh, as soon as possible. Shooting someone, and the danger of shooting someone in the leg, you can, you know, of course, everybody knows our firearms rules, right? Know your target and beyond. The legs are not a very big target. So you can hit another police officer. You can hit an innocent third person. Uh, it's just dangerous. But this is Joe Biden. Remember, this is the guy who said, get a shotgun and shoot around into the air to scare people off. This is the guy who, during the uh, Democrat debates, uh, said police officers are, if you're a person of color, the police officer is likely to shoot you in the head. I mean, this guy is no friend of law enforcement, but his knowledge of firearms is childish. It is childish. Uh, and, and you know, I said on Twitter, and as soon as I uh, heard his comments, that this should disqualify Joe Biden from uh, setting any sort of gun policy whatsoever. Of course, doesn't work that way. Uh, he's still the Democratic uh, candidate for president, and he still, uh, if he wins, would be in a position to uh, to put in place policies that would be dangerous, uh, not only for law enforcement, but for law-abiding gun owners as well in terms of uh, their right of self-defense. And, and, you know, Sergeant, I mean, I think it's worth noting uh, Donald Trump dinged uh, Joe Biden about this during the first debate, asking Biden, all right, so, so who are the law enforcement groups that are supporting you, that are backing you this year? And he couldn't come up with any. Uh, you know, we've actually seen the Fraternal Order of Police uh, uh, back Donald Trump. A number of law enforcement organizations uh, have come out in support of the president, uh, even though they might have supported Democratic candidates in the past. W- what is it that is uh, that, that that's, you know, turning law enforcement away from uh, Biden's campaign and uh, in embracing the, the, the Trump campaign? Well, remember, Joe Biden used to enjoy a lot of law enforcement support. And in fact, he was, you know, during the Obama administration, because, you know, there was no question that Barack Obama was not a fan of law enforcement. So he would send Joe Biden out to, to, you know, like for police memorial week and things like that. And Joe Biden uh, courted police unions for the Obama administration. But now, especially when uh, NAPO came out and endorsed Donald Trump, that's the National Association of Police Organizations. When they came out and endorsed Donald Trump, everybody else kind of fell in line because police organizations, police unions now realize that Joe, Joe Biden and the Democrat are not our friends. The defunding movement, the absolute abhorrent way that Joe Biden and the Democrats even speak about law enforcement. We are called murderers and racists and we are, you know, we are biased and, and all these terrible things. And frankly, cops are tired of it. And I believe that people who support law enforcement are tired of it as well. I think you're right. And listen, I mean, you know, we're seeing violent crime rates around the country spike. Uh, shootings are double in New York City what they were last year. Chicago right now is on pace for a 20-year high in homicides. Uh, and over at uh, the website Hot Air, my colleague Jazz Shaw uh, has a piece today talking about what's going on in Aurora, Colorado, the Denver suburb, uh, where shootings, I think, are up something like 79% right now. 
And uh, murder's up 72%. Uh, armed assault's up 34%. Robbery's up 31%. But arrests are down 44.6% from 2019. And a lot of folks are, are blaming uh, the uh, chief of police there in Aurora for some of the reforms that she has put in place, uh, saying that, uh, you know, uh, and these were reforms coming from the, uh, the, the the local mayor and the city council, uh, restricting the arrest tactics that cop can use. Um, the uh, union president there, Judy Lutkin, is blaming, quote, social justice warrior police leadership. Um, it, it seems to me like the the strategies that Joe Biden uh, and a lot of other Democrats are putting in place here around the country are going to lead to more dangerous communities. They're going to lead to an increase in violent crime, even as they proclaim uh, that they're, uh, you know, putting these policies in place in the name of public safety. Well, and, uh, you know, here we are policing in a post-Ferguson era, and now we're policing in the post-George Floyd era. And what is happening, like in Aurora, Colorado, and like in so many jurisdictions throughout the country, is we are being hamstrung we uh, the american law enforcement officers you know american police officers have have always been concerned when we use deadly force and most police officers will not have to use deadly force in their career but when we do we used to be concerned about am i doing things correctly am i outside of policy am i going to be involved in a lawsuit now we have to worry about am i going to be indicted am i going to go to prison is my family going to get attacked at home while I'm dealing with this? It's a very frightening time for American law enforcement. So a lot of police officers, because we have police leaders who are not backing us up, we have, we have slowed down our proactive policing. And that's what you're seeing in New York and in Chicago and in Portland, in Seattle, in Austin, Texas. And you're going to see a lot more of that around this country where, frankly, if things don't change, if Joe Biden becomes president, what you're going to see is police officers acting like firefighters. We're going to wait until the situation occurs and then we're going to respond to it. You're not going to have proactive policing because police officers aren't going to go to prison for doing what they were trained to do, for doing what we are legally able to do. And it's not going to work out well for the citizens and especially in our urban centers. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, and it's this, it's a vicious cycle. Um, the Kansas city star over the weekend had a, a big piece talking with uh, members of uh, some of the high crime neighborhoods or some of the residents there. And they were asking, you know, well, what's the, what, what's the biggest barrier you think to uh, to lowering violent crime? And a lot of them said, we don't trust the police. Uh, and in order to build up that trust, as you say, you're going to need proactive police. And that's one of the complaints from residents of high crime neighborhoods is that, well, we don't see police that often unless there is a crime. Uh, and that's what you're going to see more of uh, if the you know Biden-Harris uh, administration starts setting nationwide policies here. You are going to see that pullback. That is going to lead to emboldened criminals. That is going to lead to uh, residents who are fearful and afraid and, again, mistrustful uh, of police. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, that's what I want people to understand is that these are policy choices that are being made that, that result in these types of situations. And we can make better policy decisions. We can work to improve that trust uh, in the relationship between community and law enforcement. But you have to want to do that. And if you, again, are, are painting and portraying uh, law enforcement as the enemy uh, in these high crime neighborhoods, that's never going to happen. It's never going to take place. 
Well, absolutely. And and yet with these agencies that are defunding us, in other words, taking away millions and millions of dollars from their police departments, the first thing that goes are community policing programs, those very programs that endear us to our communities and get us out there to be a part of the community. And the second thing that goes is ancillary training. So what you're going to end up with is police officers who are, you know, trained in basic tactics. We're not going to have the bias training. You're not going to have any of that ancillary training, and you're not going to have community policing programs. You're going to have a basic cop in a basic patrol car going out and just reacting instead of being proactive when it comes to crime in the community. And who's going to lose out the most is poor people in urban centers. They're not going to have the police. And those are the same people who also don't have access to legal firearms to be able to protect themselves. That's right. Uh, yeah, it'll be the good people in the bad neighborhoods that are hit the hardest with this, uh, unfortunately. Listen, Sergeant, I really appreciate you uh, uh, calling in this morning and uh, talking with me. I know that you're uh, out hopefully enjoying a good hunt, but uh, it is great talking with you. And, uh, you know, what, what's your what's your final message to uh, to gun owners, uh, law enforcement officers, anybody listening today when it comes to what they need to know about Joe Biden's agenda uh, for for fighting crime? and for going after illegal law-abiding gun owners? What they need to understand is, A, this isn't going to be Joe Biden's agenda. This is going to be Kamala Harris's agenda that we're going to have to live under. She is even more radical than he is. I believe that law enforcement powers are going to be stripped from American police officers, and I believe that our Second Amendment rights will be under attack like we have never seen before. Joe Biden has laid out plan after plan after plan to to tax us, to get us to give up our firearms, and it's going to get worse if we don't reelect Donald John Trump. Sergeant Betty Brancher, excuse me, Sergeant Betsy Brander Smith joining us here on uh, Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Sergeant, it's a real pleasure talking with you. Hope we get a chance to do this again soon. I appreciate Sergeant Smith joining us on the program and I look forward to having her back again very soon. Right now, let's take a look at today's, uh, let's see, recidivist report, our armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. We'll start with our recidivist report case out of Denver, Colorado. We talked just a little bit ago about what's going on in Aurora, but Denver is no better. Uh, violent crime is up there as well. And uh, one man, Deshea Armstrong, has now been sentenced in federal court for a gang shooting that injured five homeless individuals, one of them uh, fatally killed or fatally uh, shot uh, in that incident back in 2018. Deshay Armstrong, a a known gang member, convicted in federal court of possessing a weapon as a convicted felon. The 25-year-old, though, was able to avoid prison time because a judge sentenced him to time served, basically, a little less than two years behind bars, added three years of supervised probation. He was eligible for a five-year federal prison sentence uh, as a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. But that didn't happen. According to authorities, the uh, shooting occurred back in 2018 on a Monday afternoon in the uh, ballpark neighborhood near where uh, Coors Field is located. Uh, it injured five homeless people who were nearby. One of them, 59-year-old Terrence Wardlow, was killed. Uh, police arrested Armstrong, and they also arrested a guy named Joshua Hayward, who's a rival gang member. They charged Hayward with attempted murder. Uh, He ended up pleading guilty in Denver in uh, June to a weapons charge as well as second-degree assault. He got a 16-year sentence uh, in state prison. 
Prosecutors from the U.S. District Attorney's Office in Denver claimed during Armstrong's case that Hayward had fired first at Armstrong, that Armstrong returned fire. Armstrong was actually shot in the foot uh, during the gunfight. But again, as a felon, Armstrong not eligible to legally possess a firearm. As a matter of fact, the week before the shooting, Armstrong was in federal court on weapons charges. Now, there's no word on what happened to the outcome of that case. Uh, But in this case, again, Armstrong gets a slap on the wrist, sent on his merry way, uh, already back out in the streets, won't do uh, any more time behind bars. Our uh, armed citizen story of the day, fairly unusual, to be honest with you. Not too many times have I talked about a uh, self-defense story in San Francisco involving a concealed carry holder, but that is the case. Actually, this wasn't even a self-defense case. This was a case of a defense of another. This is a, a screenshot from surveillance footage taken over the weekend. This was Saturday afternoon in San Francisco's Chinatown neighborhood where a uh, guy in the uh, black sweatshirt, you see him there on the uh, right side of that image, singled out uh, a tourist there and and attacked him, shoved him. The guy pushed back and the uh, said, Why, why'd you push me? And the, the guy said, because you stared at me two blocks away. That's according to Kevin Chan, who is the co-owner of the Golden Gate Fortune Cookie Factory. Uh, Kevin Chan is also seen in this uh, video still. That is uh, him in the uh, blue jeans and the uh, light-colored shirt at the, the, the top left of that uh, screen. And when Chan saw what was going on, Chan lifted up his shirt and displayed his concealed firearm. And he said that was enough to get this guy to back off of the tourist and decide he had somewhere that he needed to be. Chan says, I have a concealed carry. I needed to protect my business. Um which is in itself really surprising because there are not a lot of concealed carry licenses that are issued in San Francisco County. Now, I don't know if Kevin Chan lives somewhere else and then drives into San Francisco every day to go to work, but uh, it is exceedingly rare for the San Francisco uh, sheriff to issue a concealed carry license. I believe in the entirety of San Francisco County, uh, there are only a couple of dozen concealed carry licenses that have been issued. And This is one of the problems with California's concealed carry law is that it's ultimately up to the county sheriff to determine whether or not you have good cause to carry a firearm. And most county sheriffs in the state say uh, self-defense in your second amendment right. I mean, that's all the good cause that you need. But in the coastal California counties that are particularly uh, well populated, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Alameda County is another one, Santa Cruz, uh, Santa Clara. Uh, it is almost impossible to get a concealed carry license unless you are able to document some sort of specific ongoing threat against your life. So, first of all, kudos to Kevin Chan for uh, jumping through all the hoops and hurdles necessary to get a concealed carry license. But, uh, you know, he said that he wanted to ensure that that um, tourist was going to be okay. His staff called him a hero for de-escalating the situation so calmly. He said, I'm not a hero. I'm just doing my job to protect my family, my business my people, and my guests. Well, he did it. I'm going to reach out, by the way, to Mr. Chan, see if he'll uh, come on the program. I don't know that he will, but would love to talk a little more about uh, this incident and uh, his message to uh, local authorities. He said, by the way, he did not contact the police, didn't file a police report over this, uh, but he said that he wanted to send a message to local leaders, quote, not to defund the police, but to reform the police, recognize them, 
Don't take away resources. Our community, he says, needs resources. Uh, and I would say among those resources would be the access to the Second Amendment that we are supposed to have uh, as American citizens. Finally, our good deed of the day. Since I'm wearing a hat from the Gwinnett Practical Shooting League, why not a story from Gwinnett County, Georgia, where a school resource officer on the job for just two weeks or so, uh, able to save a life. Zakia Williams was driving home last Tuesday when she saw a car that was driving erratically, kind of swerving side to side. She got closer. She could see that the windows were rolled down. She could hear people yelling from inside the car. Turns out as a mom and dad, their three-week-old baby was not breathing. So Williams got him to pull over. She hopped out of her car, immediately began performing CPR on the baby. By the time paramedics arrived, the baby was breathing and crying, which is a, a good sign. It means the uh, airway is unobstructed. Uh, and mom and dad, as you can imagine, absolutely thrilled that Zakia Williams was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Williams, for her part, says, when I signed up for this job, I knew what it entailed. The main thing was to protect and serve my community, and I just feel like I was fulfilling part of my duty. Well, she was. I mean, technically she was off duty, but she still saw a situation where she could help, and she chose to act. So, Zakia Williams, we thank you for your very, very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program. Or you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever works for you. We want to make sure that you're able to access the show, video, audio. We even give you sort of a written summary at BearingArms.com now that I think about it. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. But until we talk again, be well, be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. 